0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to TMT Time. I'm your host, Devin Rothstein. Today's guest is Jesse Davern, who is the Director of Commercial Services at RK Mission Critical. And the reason why Jesse is coming on today is because we're going to teach you how the sausage is made behind Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency, uh nfts and everything so as part of our nft thursday series i brought jesse in because he knows the guts behind sort of crypto and data mining and so we've talked a lot about that on tmt time and it occurred to me that not many listeners and maybe not me uh actually understand what it means to do some data mining uh because it's not little gnomes with pickaxes in the mine of snow white so jesse that long-winded introduction welcome into tmt time
1: yeah th- thank you very much very excited to uh, be on with the oven
0: uh so we're gonna extremely nerd out here um about this and i'll, t- I'll try and keep it at a high level jesse but feel free to explain things uh like you were explaining it to your mom coming home at the dinner table uh <laughs> and not to you know your compatriots there who actually know what they're talking about uh why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and rk mission critical and how you sort of got into the data mining space
1: yeah fantastic yeah so jesse davern the director of commercial services with rk mission critical we are a modular manufacturer based in denver colorado okay so when when i'm talking about modular i'm really talking about turnkey product solutions that we manufacture in a uh, manufacturing facility that caters to a variety of different markets, but a heavy emphasis on data, telecommunications and power. Okay. So the business really started catering to hyperscale enterprise and co-location companies in a traditional IT setting. Okay. So very, uh, very intense mission critical services, right. With high levels of redundancy. Okay. Multiple utility feeds, backup generators, redundant cooling components to make sure that these critical data centers stay online, whether there's a brownout or a blackout from utility power. Okay. So the whole idea is getting products manufactured in a, in a facility where we can control quality, safety, and throughput, right? So that... It's truly a product versus versus projects out in the field much much better quality from that standpoint. so, so you're
0: ta- so basically when you're talking about telecom or, or data centers, you're talking true like brick and mortar data centers where information like you know AWS, Microsoft Azure, the Google data centers, where people don't realize it, but a lot of the the traffic uh, for the internet, et cetera, run. And yours are modular, meaning they're not like a building downtown, and instead, like units that can be picked up and put in what connected to the electricity grid or the telecom grid. Where do they go?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're exactly right, right? All this data flowing through the world, every every tweet that you send out or or podcast that you post online, right, is is being stored somewhere, right? Whether it's through the hyperscales you just mentioned or smaller kind of enterprise data centers, right? So a modular data center may not may not look any different than a, a brick and mortar building, right? A lot of our modular data centers are in tra- you know traditional places you would see a data center. And as you're walking up to them, you may not even know that it's a modular building, right? We can be very creative in, in how we design these and the aesthetics of what these buildings look like to make them blend into to any other type of architecture. The benefits of doing it, though, is that we can pre-manufacture, pre-assemble, do it much quicker in a controlled environment than doing a construction project on site.
0: Okay, so, and you guys build these things, and these are actually, we're talking data centers now, so data mining. So when I say, you know, I want to build a blockchain and I need to go mine uh, the blocks um, and I, you know kind of tongue-in-cheek said it's not gnomes with pickaxes. Um, you are now building data mining centers or modular data mining centers. Tell us what those are um, and how you're doing it.
1: Yeah, correct. So we are the largest manufacturer of modular mining containers in the U.S. Uh, and probably through, through North America, right? So what we're doing is we're building out the electrical, mechanical, and communication infrastructure to host these miners, right? And exactly like what you said, when we talk about miners, we're not talking about little gnomes with pickaxes. We're talking about the machines that are actually doing the mathematical computations to try to solve a a block, right? They're trying to solve this this complex math equation uh, to be the first one to solve that. So what we're doing is, is... we're taking uh, shipping containers okay and we modify these 40 foot high cube shipping containers and outfit them with all of the mechanical electrical and communications to be able to support the miners going into these um, into these systems okay so we we build these two megawatt units that can hold 560. Of the new age miners, right? So we manufacture this in our facility in Denver, and then we deploy them all across the country to different clients and different sites. So instead of these clients having to build a data center in the middle of nowhere and get tradespeople to go to <clears throat> these remote sites in Texas, um, Nebraska, wherever it may be, we can build all of that off site and just send them completed buildings. So when our modules arrive on site, all of our clients, all our clients have to do is essentially take their miners, right? Their, their computers and plug them into the power outlet and they're ready to start mining.
0: All right, so I think about Zoolander and the scene where Hansel mm-hmm. says, oh, the files are in the computer. And he starts breaking the computer up and now I'm going back to the gnomes with the pickaxes inside the computer. Those are really, that's really the data mining. But so you're building these modular units um, with high power computers in them um, and dropping them on site and then they get connected. And so when someone, you know, is using blockchain technology and they're adding blocks to the end of the chain and, you know, someone wants to add a block to the chain or, you know, mine crypto, it sends a message out to all the nodes on the decentralized system around the world. One such node could be within the modular unit that you are building and then deploying out in the field.
1: 100%, right? We call those machines the lottery machines when they're, they're the one that, that, that crack the code. Um, exactly right. So all these machines all across the globe are you know, racing to solve a complex math problem, right? Which allows them to validate new entries on the distributed ledger, right? The blockchain. And in turn, they're we're talking Bitcoin, right? They're rewarded with Bitcoin. Right. And the system, the system is designed to make these calculations increasingly difficult or less difficult, depending on the amount of hash rate that's involved at that time, right? At that, that time in Bitcoin. Right. So as, as more miners come on, it gets increasingly hard to solve that as miners come offline, right? Like when we saw when, when China banned Bitcoin, the complexity of those, of those problems become easier.
0: It's like when, when the board at Yacht Club dropped um, the other side or other deeds there, um, you know, real estate environment and all, everybody went on to buy real estate. If you were a base owner or whatever And the Ethereum was overloaded and the gas fees started exceeding the cost of of the actual um, art or the real estate itself. Your technical solution is, is designed to help um, alleviate or lessen that situation.
1: Yes, and, and, and our whole thing, right, is, you know, our customers our customers aren't necessarily the small miners, right, doing it at home or on a very small scale. We're, we're really dealing with institutional money uh, at this stage, right? A lot of power companies are really starting to actually put deals together with mining companies, which we can talk about here in a little bit. It's all about speed to market at the right time, Right. Price of machines, the price of power, and building be and being able to get these companies' hash rate online as quick as possible, and that's really where we come into play, right? We have a manufactured product where, you know, the the big players like Compute North, right, in the in the kind of hosting um, the hosting scene of mining, we can deliver them very high volumes in a short time, to where they can get their facilities online much quicker to build it for these companies to put their mining assets to work.
0: Yes, because I mean, obviously, the hash rate is super important if you're going to like how you're going to pump it out. So this this is a lot. I'm going to get into some ESG stuff here in a second. But this is a lot of uh, energy and power. Um, we've talked about it on NFT Thursdays, the um, there's just the sheer amount of power it takes to mine a block of crypto or add to the distributed ledger. How are you able to keep these units are they like air conditioned? Like how, how do you keep them cool enough to keep them online to keep the hash rate high?
1: Yeah, gr- great question. So traditionally to date, most all mines or mining <laughs> farms are, are just air cool. Okay, so we're we're using high volumes of air changes at ambient air conditions to cool these machines, right? Miners can operate at much higher temperatures than your traditional servers that you think about when you're, when you're thinking about a data, data center for Google or Amazon, right? These machines are much more robust to operate in kind of adverse conditions at a certain point, right? They don't operate as efficiently when you start getting in the, the mid one hundreds. Okay. So it's, it's a very unique strategy for these mining companies to basically look at locations that are optimal for mining from a, a climate standpoint compared to the price of power in these locations. Okay, so Texas is is the hot spot that miners are going to knowing that the price of power is cheap, but there's certain times where they may have to curtail power to their machines if temperatures are 110 degrees out, right? And some of this ties a little bit into the ESG approach that these large mining companies are are utilizing that we that we can hit on, but to date primarily the technology has been around air cool there is a there's new technology coming online that we're very rapidly scaling for immersion cooling that is actually using a a dielectric fluid to cool the machines versus using air
0: to cool the machines so you're what you're putting the the mining computers inside of what a viscous liquid non not water obviously but like a and what non electrical trans like conductive viscous liquid.
1: hundred percent. Right. So it's called immersion cooling. So if you can think about mineral oil, it has some viscosity to it, right? So it's very similar to what this oil was like and oil conducts heat, right? Much more efficiently than air. So what we're able to do is is to submerge these machines, all of the electrical components inside, you know, underneath this fluid and pump this fluid out to dry coolers, which effectively remove the heat from the fluid and discharge that excess heat into the atmosphere. And there's, there's tons of benefits of of going to immersion uh, that we see these large companies have a high interest in, in getting their assets under immersion versus traditional air, in certain geographic climates are that so it
0: is the liquid encapsulated inside of these mobile units or is it pumped in and then sucked out like how does it i mean because this sounds crazy to me but maybe i'm being too simplistic yeah, so,
1: so so think about think about a, a little tub okay that's that's filled with this fluid that's continuously being pumped right through uh, a piping network that flows this cold fluid across the miner or computer, right? It's taking. Now, the,
0: let's it, stick with miner. I like the, the, the files are in the
1: computer. Yeah, it's take, it's, this fluid is taking the heat off of the miner, right? And we're pumping that out to a piece of mechanical equipment to, to discharge that heat. So this fluid is pumping constantly, right? And you're always introducing new cool fluid to the miner itself.
0: Uh, This sounds super cool. So how are you like marketing this? Who are you talking to? Which companies are out there looking at these kinds of solutions? Because obviously, you know, the fact that I do NFT Thursdays and blockchain technology is (laughs) such a big deal. And even though crypto is crashing right now, still, it's still the wave of the future. Um, Are you talking to cryptocurrencies? Are you talking to like Solana, Ethereum, Polygon, which is very ESG based? um back like who is who's your customers for these types of products
1: yeah so our you know our primary customers are the you know big guys in the mining space right uh, great companies like compute north us bitcoin corp compass mining right there's a handful of these large companies that are either self mining or they're hosting other miners right companies like marathon digital assets right they have you know a very high portion of their miners with compute North right and they they're very interested in 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 immersion cooling along with all the other you know big publicly traded mining companies it's really it's really kind of two pronged that through doing immersion cooling we can we can push miners to a higher hash rate right we can we can put more power to the unit than the unit was initially designed for, which is called overclocking. Okay. So we're, we're literally taking more power to the unit, increasing, increasing the hash rate to these, these machines, which is increasing the likelihood of, of solving the next block. Right. You can't do that in air efficiently because air just doesn't cool the machines effectively through doing that through immersion. Right. We can be much more effective in how we, much more effective and efficient for how we how we cool the machines to push the machines to much higher capacities than, than maybe they were even designed for in air. The other side of it, right? So if you think about that, right, if you think about, you know, Evan goes out to buy to buy 10 miners, okay, and you want to achieve a certain hash rate with those 10 miners. Well, if I overclock your miners, put them in immersion. I can then increase your returns, right, uh, on Bitcoin by solving more problems, or you could, in turn, buy less machines and still achieve that same amount of desired hash rate by by putting them in a merger.
0: So it so sounds company, pretty awesome. Yeah. So these um, companies
1: save a ton of capex on the on the machine cost by by overutilizing, right, the kind of design parameters around these mines.
0: Now, so let's. I want to go back to something that both of us talked about, which is ESG and, and sort of environmental impact. Companies who are getting into the NFT space uh, and Web three, obviously, are trying to do it on in a decentralized fashion using blockchain technology.
1: Yeah, so it's it's pretty clear, right, that these large mining companies. I'll, I'll use Marathon as an example, right? They recently are migrating all of their miners out of one of their Montana sites that is their only coal-fired power producing site that's that's you know providing power to their mining network. Okay, so they're 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 migrating all of these machines out of this site to to other sites that have renewable energy, right? So when, when you think about how much revenue these machines take, it's it's a very serious step for these companies to pull machines out of a site, take them offline, lose that revenue they could be generating to go through and deploy them elsewhere, right? It doesn't happen overnight, it takes time. So these companies are taking it very seriously. On the other side, right? There's there's a major trend in the US right now for having large renewable firms partner directly with mining companies to build sustainable energy behind the meter, right? Where Bitcoin mining is really a large offtake of renewable power. Okay, so so what this does, right, is you have these these companies that have megawatts, you know, hundreds of megawatts of power deployed behind the meter that's being fed from renewables, whether it's wind, solar, hydro. These miners are offtaking this this power, right, when there's not a demand on the grid. When there becomes an increasing demand on the grid, they can curtail their power require, their, their, they can curtail their power draw in a matter of minutes and basically give all this power that they they would be consuming back to the grid to then go out and serve other mission critical customers like hospitals or schools or even residential units or your business, right? So so these miners, these industrial scale miners are are really fast-tracking renewable power in the U.S., primarily in Texas, right, the the largest renewable state uh, in the U.S., for partnering with these renewable energy companies to build out, you know, massive power plants that can then be used in times of, uh, you know, quote-unquote disaster, right? Texas gets a, a very large snowstorm this grid continues to be built out by the miners where that power can then be funneled to these other customers in times of need.
0: Now that we know how the SaaS is just made and some people are probably still like, I don't get it. Um, are, are you in the market for NFTs knowing what you know behind the scenes on how much everything costs and what it takes to actually add a block to the chain?
1: Yeah, me personally, yes, right? It, it gives me it gives me a ton of comfort seeing the institutional money coming into the cryptocurrency space, right? When you have companies like Fidelity, uh, you know, publicly quote unquote endorsing it saying they're going to offer it in, you know, a 401k program that, that helps me sleep at night when I see the resources these large companies have into investing, it kind of validates what, what our customers have been saying to us, right. That are, that are truly boots on the ground, building out all the infrastructure and, and mining all this Bitcoin. So me personally, yes.
0: (laughs) How did you get it? How did, so uh, for those that don't know, not from this region of the country, RK is a very large mechanical engineering, structural engineering, huge construction company. um, That's based here in Colorado. How did RK make a move into sort of, this is like the digital asset space. This is, I would think from being on the outside, like far flung from your bread and butter, how, how was the move made into the space?
1: Yeah. So, you know, when people think of RK, right in Denver, they see, they see a ton of RK mechanical uh, trucks and banners all around town, right? They're very large mechanical contractor. Outside of RK mechanical though, there's, you know, a parent company called RK Industries uh, privately held, with you know, by Rick Kenning and John Kenning, two brothers who who took the business over from their father, who started in the in the 1980s. They're entrepreneurs, right? They're they're very smart business people. So, they've created seven very distinct businesses underneath RK Industries that cater to different market segments. Okay, so oil and gas and energy mechanical, structural steel, electrical, water, service, and RK Mission Critical. Okay. So RK Mission Critical is the, the latest business unit that was started in 2015 underneath this, this umbrella of underneath RK Industries, right? The business was started, like I said, kind of catering to traditional, traditional data center settings still in a modular standpoint, right? With hyperscale, colo, and enterprise. It was a very easy transition from us from an engineering standpoint of dealing with very sophisticated companies into the cryptocurrency space. And a common theme of all the products that we produce have very intense mechanical requirements, electrical requirements, communication requirements, and controls requirements. So it was a very natural progression for us go from this modular data center space to take our engineering skill set and transition it into the mining space.
0: And now you guys are, are you know, new age cryptocurrency web three providers, basically.
1: We are the largest, the largest modular manufacturer supporting the cryptocurrency and blockchain infrastructure uh, in the US and in North America.
0: All right, well, that's why I'm having you on TMT time. I always go for the top, right? If you were number two, yeah, I probably wouldn't have had you on. and I went to bed, i to make, <laughs> you know, gnome jokes, which I'm going to continue on NFT Thursdays. All right, Jesse, good. do you own any NFTs?
1: I don't own any NFTs. Do you
0: have a a crypto wallet? I do have a crypto wallet. All right, see? So it's part of your repertoire. just not in, in the NFT space. All right, well, yeah. when you're not...
1: And I'm saying no, I'm just getting turned on to your podcast, right? So I'm I'm dialed in on NFT yep. Thursday. So ask me in a week or two, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. You're supposed to download and smash the like button as much as possible. All right. When you are not, not nerding out on engineering stuff and building these like super cool immersion based modular data mining centers, what are you doing outside of the office for fun? I know you live in Colorado and we have a lot to do here. What are you doing?
1: Yeah. I've got a three-year-old and a six-month-old. So the answer is nothing. Nothing. You're doing nothing. So the answer is, uh, yeah, hanging out with uh, the wife for 15 minutes after the kids go down before bed. Uh, Outside of that, in all seriousness, though, running, biking, triathlons. Awesome.
0: Love it. All right, man. Well, this was perfect. Um, This is exactly what we needed for our listeners sort of to get get the sausage making. Um, I will – maybe be hitting you up to uh, learn more about this viscous liquid because it sounds super cool and really appreciate your time today on TMT Time, Jess. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you.